face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. Oh, it's we're live. We're on. We're back. Hi. On another exciting episode <laughs> of Starfleet Boy, uh, and I'm joined by the Duke. Is it the Duke of Starfleet? What did we decide you are? Uh, the Earl. I I do believe I was the Duke. Uh, uh, honestly, I still refer to myself as Starfleet Man. It's you still my be, preferred okay. name. Your man with with one N. And the other yes, guy's right. man with two ends, so it's okay. Oh, is there a man with two ends? Yeah, I Mike Mann, who's only been on once so far. I hope to have him on again. Oh, as in uh, Michael Mann, like the famous filmmaker and creator of Miami Vice. I guess so. Are you guys? Are you? Are you having him on your podcast? That's excellent. Let him know I'm a fan. <laughs> it's not the same guy, but yeah, I will. I will let him know. Excellent. How are you? So. I'm good, Jamie. Uh, it's nice to see. You. Oh wait, do we? You don't care if we say your real name. Oh, of course, someone's yeah. gonna make a little guest appearance here. Come here. Oh look, Aww. what's this? What's that? Who's that? That's Uncle oh, Jamie. Oh, I just got a little bit of ear. That was nice, though. Oh uh, yeah, you're gonna get cute. some tail now too. He's inspected. He likes to come. There goes the tail. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hi, Arthur. He's ins- inspecting the. Uh, the equipment. He loves to inspect the, inqui- the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> he's your he's your tech guy. He is. He's totally yeah. my tech guy. Like I love having. Hurting. I love having him around. He's really great. Um, so, uh, welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek: The Next Generation. Today, we are talking about the Star Trek: The Next Generation season three episode, "The Offspring." Uh, so, uh, Jamie, do you want to do the episode summary? Yeah, actually, you know what? Let me just grab my notepad. I watched the episode a few days ago. I, I really mm-hmm. got ahead of myself on this one. Uh, to sum it well, up, well, we were gonna. We were going to record earlier, but we, I couldn't. We were. So. Yeah, due to a number of reasons, uh, <laughs> including Mother's Day, we had to postpone. Oh, that's right. Very important. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, the episode, basically, the episode opened um, on a cold open. I believe the Enterprise was uh, traveling through an asteroid belt on its way to a destination. I can't remember exactly what destination it was. But uh, it's a cold open, and we uh, we find uh, a few characters uh, 
uh, I can't even remember which characters they are, but they, they walk into <laughs> Data's lab. This is the important part. They walk into Data's lab, and Data's being a little bit weird. He asks them to step back out so he can finish what he's doing and then show them what he wants to show them. And so they do that, uh, but they can see he's up to, he's like, he, he's really trying to hide something. And uh, when he lets them back in, uh, he unveils uh, a new android. Uh, that he's created, that he is uh, uh, treating as his child. And uh, so the episode unfolds from there. Basically, the episode is about uh, Data becoming the father of this, uh, this android he's, uh, he's created. And uh, on, on the ship and in the Federation, uh, because the episode also features uh, the Admiral, whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, but like the, the main Starfleet Admiral guy that Picard butts heads with, um, <laughs> everyone's got a different opinion on uh, the morality of... Uh, Data having created uh, this other android uh, from the perspective, whether it be the perspective of Starfleet um, Starfleet rules in terms of creating new intelligence and developing it, uh, like, you know, for scientific research, uh, as well as looking at uh, whether or not an android can be qualified as a child, um, you know, because they don't necessarily experience emotions uh, at all, and in some cases they might experience something similar but but not totally uh, it deals with uh, the, there's, there's a big debate of, um, over the rights of androids at, who are acknowledged as being sentient beings in this universe um, and it sounds like Picard was like an advocate for their rights at one point um, yeah, it's a great episode that you have to go back and watch yeah, yeah definitely and uh, so yeah, I mean uh, the the episode kind of goes through, and then am I allowed to give away just how everything? Oh yeah, we're spoiler free. Great, all right. No, so, no, uh, no worries. I mean, yeah, you know, we are past the statute of limitations on, on spoilers. <laughs> Twenty I guess. thirty some odd years, I guess. Yeah. Um. So yeah, basically, at the end of the episode, um, this uh, this android Lau, I believe, was her name. Um, who was Data's uh, daughter. Yeah, it, it was a really, really sad, emotional ending. I actually watched the episode with uh, my, uh, my partner, uh, Starfleet Girl, who couldn't be here today. <laughs> uh, and I do believe, even though I didn't dare ask her about it, I do believe I heard her sniffling at the end of the episode. Oh. Um, but basically what happens is uh, Lau begins to... Uh, is so sophisticated an android, she begins to experience emotions. She begins to experience fear, especially, and sadness, and a little bit of love. Uh, and at the end, these emotions are basically causing her systems to constantly shut down. And she just returns to uh, like her, her like loading station or like her, her resting station where we first meet her in the episode and uh, um, Data realizes he's gonna basically have to kind of sh- shut her down um, because of the emotional malfunction the technology is not there yet it can't handle it and uh, it just ends right before he's about to kind of 
uh, pull the plug, so to speak, no pun intended, on on the end on, on Lal. Um, she she tells Data that she loves him, and she kind of thanks him for being a father. Uh, and 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 Data has has a hard time responding to that, but it's got a real nice heartwarming uh, kind of feel to it. It's sad. I really felt for the character at the end, and uh, you know, and and you can tell Data is completely changed by by the experience. Um, and it, he actually loads her memories into his brain. Uh, yeah, and and he that's like his way of experiencing love, almost, or at least this is how I interpreted it. He he just kind of comes back to the ship, and you can tell everyone is very is, is kind of tiptoeing around it, and. Um, and because they're not sure how to treat it, and he basically just says, uh, "I'm, you know, I, I can't be sad that I lost her, even though there is like a, a hole where where Lao was, but I, her memories will always be with me." And I thought that was that was a beautiful uh, ending to the episode. Nice, very nice summary. Oh, thanks. Cool. <laughs> We don't have anything else to talk about. That was <laughs> no. I'm just so kidding. signing off, everyone. Uh, um, wow. So, so obviously, um, I know you're excited about this episode because you really liked it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. For me. Oh wow. Yeah, I really think this episode epitomizes uh, what makes the next generation the best Star Trek series, and just. Um, uh, a show that stands the test of time. Good writing. Um, well, just I, I have to tell you. I don't know if any of this is like uh, going to be super resonating with you, but um, this episode actually uh, is is like a, a very revered one in the in kind of like the Star Trek uh, fan community. And then it's also there's a couple of firsts here. It's the first episode written by. Uh, a, Longtime Star Trek writer after this, um, Rene Echeverria, oh. and he, uh, yeah, he's he's got quite a few episodes of Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and maybe even Enterprise um, under his belt, and you know he's considered like part of this group of writers that um, really uh, really defined uh, the Star Trek universe if you will yeah like world um, building for i guess or the lore and he, is that the word yeah. yeah and he's like i you know since after the season we're post gene roddenberry so he's still connected to gene roddenberry in a very important way so right in many ways he's like a child of roddenberry if you will oh, so it's like the, the torch bearer for the torch for bearer gene. but he ron moore um Iris Stephen Bear, like there's a lot of people who are associated with the Star Trek franchise at this time that go on to uh, carry that torch really well. It's also the first time uh, uh, Jonathan Frakes, who plays Commander Riker, directs, and so after this, he like directs quite a few episodes of Next Gen, and he also directs two the two Next Gen movies. He directs uh, Star Trek Insurrection and Star Trek. Uh, first contact, and I think he he's uh, there's a show called The Librarians that he created or he produces or something like that that's on right now oh, is that uh, right? on television. See, yeah. that's interesting. I, I, off the very top of the episode, uh, they basically.
basically said he uh, Commander Riker was off. Uh, I can't remember. Let me see in my notes if I have the exact reason. But he he was not on the ship. I just have a note that says Riker is away. But uh, and do, do you know? The and reason? did you wonder like why? Yeah. Well, I was no. That well. I I just thought. Sorry. I just thought. You know, like, oh, that's a strange... Like, he is definitely one of the most compelling (laughs) characters. Like, and he he really would have fit in quite well. Like, you could have probably substituted um, him in for for another character uh, in this story. Even, like, Picard's role, really. Um, And and look, I love... I love (laughs) Captain Picard. But uh, I really... I like... He he would have fit so well in this storyline. Um... And, and it just seemed like such an odd choice and then at the very end of the episode I was like oh he directed it and I thought yeah. that was really smart because I don't think you should uh, on your first time directing I don't think, I don't think you, you should unless you're Alfred Hitchcock in. well I mean you know <laughs> but I mean it, you know let's, let's not make the comparison between Alfred Hitchcock and Jonathan Frakes I mean they're both great in their own right don't get me wrong that's true, but so that so that was special to him and to fans, and then it's just a really sweet episode, as you said. It's like a very like memorable one. It's an excellent episode. There's a lot of little things about this episode that um, when I did some, uh, I actually uh, had some time this time to like read a little bit of backstory. And normally, um, my friend Humbert the Doctor does all the fact checking and all that stuff, and I get to be just you know, just, yeah. I well, I am certainly not fact checking anything. <laughs> Thing. So honestly, listeners, check us. Check us. Yeah. Oh no, that's expected, of course. And we're not always correct. Remember, this is a casual and informal discussion. Sometimes, you know, we're we we don't get it right. Whoa, the light in my apartment at the moment is very interesting, and it's also so warm today. We had our first uh, first warm day. The temperature uh, is seventy one. Seventy one. Uh, seventy one Fahrenheit at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I have no so. idea what that means in Celsius. Uh, it's hot. It's hot. It looks hot, and you look great in this light. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, you look very uh, uh, almost royal. Uh, <laughs> it's just I can feel it. It's like. Uh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, what what was your favorite? Like, like what? What were your thoughts on the episode? I mean, I kind of talked. Uh, um, well, the first about. thing I noticed now. Obviously, I didn't know this then when I first saw it. So I, I saw this episode when it aired, and then I have seen it again. Sorry, my cat sometimes will do things, so I just Don't you know we'll, we'll watch over there. But <laughs> I saw it again uh, when it was released on DVD, and then uh, I think I've seen it a few other times. But this time I noticed, uh, because of the internet, that uh, Haley Todd, the actress who plays Lol, the, the uh, offspring, is Lizzie McGuire's mom. <laughs> is, are you serious? Yeah, that's Lizzie. Holy that's Lizzie McGuire's shit. mom. Holy <laughs> shit. I, I, uh, this is a true story, and this is totally not related, but I used, when I was 12 years old, I was like in love with Lizzie McGuire. Like, I watched the show every single day, <laughs> and I watched the movie. Uh, yep. Gordo, if you're still out there and you're listening to this, what happened? What happened to you, Gordo? That's all I want to know. Just a, wow. wow. I'm just throwing that out there for any listeners who might also happen to be huge uh, Lizzie McGuire fans. You're not alone. I'm sure they're out there. Um, we got to see this cool 
set for the cybernetics lab. I like that. The where you know he has Lol going up and down. Yeah. 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 That, so that was neat. It was really cool. Uh, I really like the special effect off the top of um, Data. I mean, so this, so the episode opens, um, and and we have three crew members. We had Counselor Troy, uh, Wesley, Wesley, and uh, uh, who's the third one? Someone who who is clearly less memorable. Uh, <laughs> and and they walk in, and Data's kind of like, I'm not done. Step back out. And then he just puts a foot on a body, and he's like, Okay, you guys can come back in now. Uh, I found that kind of funny, but it was a cool special effect uh, to see to see him just like pop the foot on uh, on the android. Um, yeah, I mean, hold on, let me take a look at my. Uh... Oh, it's Jordy. Oh, there you go. I just I pulled it up on a. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> awesome. I had to know. I couldn't. I couldn't. But then I guess he's not in the rest of the episode because I don't recall him having another. He's not another scene. And actually, you were wrong. Jonathan Frakes is in the episode. He makes a guest appearance uh, in Ten Forward. I don't know if you remember the scene now. He he does but, uh, show up. Yeah. Riker walks in. It's just one quick scene, but it's actually speaking of humorous. Really, I thought that was a really funny scene because she grabs him. And kisses him, and at the same time, Data walks in, yeah. and he's like, "Commander, what are your intentions with, with my, my daughter? daughter?" And he's just like so confused. So he must have just gotten back from his. Uh, that's what it was. That's why the gag was funny, yeah. is because he was away and and he just got back. Which uh, I I love the way they use that uh, uh, that bar in the in, in the show. Is it sorry? What's the proper name for it? It's called Ten Forward. So it's ten the forward. Ten Forward Lounge. Yeah, okay. and it was it's a great idea, and I I'm surprised like that's not something that. Um, well, I guess uh, I guess you do have it in the new Star Trek reboots. There's a bar that Captain Kirk and uh, Doctor McCoy are drinking at yeah. in uh, in one of the movies, and maybe it is, and maybe there are bars on ships in the original series. I just can't remember their the instances at the moment. But yeah, this is a it's an awesome idea. It's an awesome set. If I were on a starship that was on a mission to explore strange new worlds and new civilizations, I would love it if there was like. A, bro- a bar a bo- excuse me aboard my ship <laughs> yeah totally and I thought the way um, the show and the writing used uh, the bar to kind of explore different human relationships uh, especially kind of observing uh, when um, uh, was it Ginan or Gainan 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 Gainan, uh, Gainan and um and Lal are kind of observing flirting and uh, kind of romance at the at the bar. I thought that was great, and also Whoopi Goldberg absolutely crushes it in a tiny, tiny kind of like uh, you know, like not a tiny role. I mean, she was listed as a special guest star, and and she definitely stands out. But it's a testament to her acting ability that. She didn't really have that many lines. I don't know what just happened. Uh, that was the dryer. I forgot I even had okay, it on. I thought, Anyways, go on. I thought maybe a saw <laughs> just went off in your apartment. Um, yeah, I thought it, it was a testament to her ability to act. That she, she didn't have that much dialogue, but her character felt so clear and felt so um, uh, like like I I knew her who her character was right away, and I thought she did a great job of like almost. 
uh, like being a reluctant mentor uh, to Lau as a character, and I love that. I thought that was that was great. I guess I should we should take this moment to remind the audience that um, so you're new to you you know about Star Trek. Uh, from your childhood, but you're pretty new to the Star Trek: The Next Generation, right? Like you didn't really watch yeah. it. Yeah, so before. I've watched it here and there as episodes come up. I used to watch it in syndication, um, but I've never watched it sequentially. I haven't seen all the episodes, that's for sure. Um, I love that you're kind of popping in and out because your observations are pretty. It makes me realize that the writing is actually pretty good because the things that you pick up on and the things that you notice are things that like as a fan I'm like oh yeah I want you to you know like as someone who's kind of uh, hoping that you enjoy your Star Trek journey that I'm like oh you picked up on that that's awesome because those are all like really good points Um, a little behind the scenes on that interestingly enough you know this uh, episode was released probably 1991 or 1992 i think and um whoopee the original line was something like you know lol was like looking around the the bar and they were having this conversation about um sexuality and and flirting and everything and like uh there was some kind of uh original line about like how um when a man and a woman uh, have feelings for each other, yada yada yada, yeah. and she changed it to when two people have feelings about each other, and then she actually even wanted it so that there was a same-sex couple. It, they were shooting, you know, yeah. shooting, showing scenes of the bar, but unfortunately, while she and the director, uh, obviously, and uh, you know the people on the set kind of agreed on it, someone did not agree and called like. David Livingston, who's one of the producers, and he came down and was like, "No, no, no, oh, no, same-sex couples." That sucks. So yeah, it's an interesting uh, time though, where uh, obviously Star Trek, she's right. Like in the future, yeah. no, you know, it's like no one's gonna give a shit about that, and you, and you can just tell that about the future period like even when we think of the future we're like gosh it's going to be so much better for that next generation blah 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 yeah um because it's so much better for our generation compared to the previous generation so let's just hope it keeps going that way despite some setbacks but uh, (laughs) Uh, i definitely agree uh i actually think this episode did a great job with that on the whole uh and i and i thought they did in ways that were subtle but effective because they still landed with me uh you know prop like almost 30 years later and there was one moment in particular that really stood out to me that i wanted to bring up which was um data giving lao the choice to choose her gender and her appearance um right obviously i say her now because she she chose uh, a human female but I thought it was a really interesting stance to take on gender politics in the future. Uh, that feels especially relevant today. And, I mean, it happens to fall in line with my ide- my ideas on it, um, with, which are admittedly pretty left-leaning. Um, uh, but I, I thought it was really cool to see that the show kind of had that vision for the future, and that is something that really has... Um, uh, you know, come to be for the most part accepted, if not at least fought for now as a human right is the ability to choose how you identify and it was really cool to see the show have that because it would have been easy for Data to just have Data off the top of the episode make a 
boy or a girl. Um, but it was really, really cool to, to see them uh, uh, kind of go through. There, there were a number of life forms that uh, Lau was considering adopting uh, as an identity and experiencing each one and then getting to make the choice and neither one being considered, you know, better than the other. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And I thought there's no way they just put that in without at least kind of in the back of their minds knowing that this is kind of touching on that topic a little bit. And I thought that was really, really cool to see. That actually got me out of my seat a little bit for like a second. (laughs) I I just thought it was so cool. It is. It is it is super cool and and like so smart too because yeah like if you're building an Android you don't ha- you, you know if you're assuming that you're it's kind of an amazing thing because you're bringing like um, a a mind well more than that a, a being into existence and in unlike a human uh, being <laughs> we're born with whatever happens genetically in the and you know on that end it's like so uh you know we're born and then if we don't feel quite right we have now an opportunity to change that um that has not always been the case and it's kind of extraordinary in and of itself that like we do live in a time where uh science and medicine uh can aid someone to be the person that they feel that they are inside you know and i think that's pretty cool but in this case it's kind of as you said beautifully illustrated because like you have this weird kind of gender neutral uh even the facial expressions aren't even defined yet and and um it's walking around and like you're like yeah of course data wouldn't data is like so thoughtful and so like logical and so you know just he he wouldn't of course he wouldn't assign things that Lol would want to choose exactly. uh, for herself, so that that was really really cool. Yeah. Great writing, as well, and also, you know, somehow awesomely uh, connected to our times now, thirty years later. And that's what makes that's what makes that's exactly one of the things. It's little details like that that make me watch an episode like this and say this is a standout for the series, where it really is a show you can put on. And it was so, um, it was so concerned, it, w- it was so focused on whatever, um, f- like, philosophical debate uh, the episode happened to touch on, that, and, and, and it was so unafraid to go in and explore different aspects of different debates, whether it be in the main theme of the episode or the sub-theme, that uh, I, th- I think it's what gives the show the ability to age well. Because it was touching not just on mainstream debates, but on kind of what I, you know, I was very young at the time this came out, but what maybe talks that weren't being had as much in the mainstream, you know, that were still simmering up to the surface. But um, I think the fact that uh, they, they explored all kinds of topics um, and were not afraid to do so really has allowed it to age well because it still feels relevant you know these some of these are universal themes um and and i think they were um they were able to identify universal themes in sci-fi topics and that really just uh just allows it to 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 stay relevant as a television show um and that that really I, blew my I mind was, 
Yeah, and I was surprised at how much they were able to like pack into a 45-minute episode as well. I mean, not only do we have Data's story of how he decides to parent, you know, to become a parent, and then even, you know, and then he's faced with, like, kind of a challenge, you know, Captain Picard is, like, uh, like you know, kind of questioning, why wasn't I informed yeah. of this decision, you know, and, like, and then later with uh, the Admiral representing... Um, kind of Starfleet research or whatever yeah. cybernetics um, who then disacknowledges like his right to uh, even raise Lol and says that it might be you know a hindrance to Lol's development if Data raises her and that's like surprising to Data like he alone has to go through this journey of like facing up to all these kind of um, uh, you know adversarial situations yeah. <laughs> and then but then you also have the story of how lol uh basically develops so you you start out with this like very robotic uh and and you know being and then when she finally is given her um her likeness and her gender etc and then you know then her sense of smell and and all these other sense of touch starts to awaken and there's that beautiful scene where he like kind of is showing her like it's a montage and then he's like talking you know he's giving some kind of like uh, a update a status report on lol but you know he like he he starts out it starts out with him showing her the painting and then she sees the real flowers and she's like painting yeah and like touch and feel and all this stuff and then you have her like trying to respond to you know the ball being tossed and yeah you have the scene in in 10 forward where she <laughs> takes a drink and then it just like spills out of her mouth and stuff and i don't know i loved all i it's amazing that all the, the episode felt more than just like your regular television episode it, it really felt impactful in that you really experience a lot with these characters and i felt it also felt a lot more cinematic than than even for next generation because next generation already has such a high uh such a good budget especially for the time um so yeah i was i was really surprised at all the stories and moments and experiences that you are able to pack into this episode. I definitely agree. I actually specifically think that montage was one of the coolest things uh, in the episode because it, it, I mean, it's pretty rare that you'll just see like a straight up montage uh, in, in a 42 minute uh, television episode, but also it was so, uh, it was like, it almost felt like a montage out of a romantic comedy. It was kind of like, it was cute and funny at right. times, but it was touching. And I thought that was almost a, like a risk for a show like Star Trek The Next Generation to take, especially with like the gag of like, you know, oh, she's, she's learning slowly and she like tr- just puts the glass to her mouth and water falls all over her. And then at, by the end of the montage, you see her properly taking sips. It, it felt like, yeah, I, I guess romantic comedy is probably the closest thing my brain connected to it. Where it was almost like a, like kind of like right after the meet cute in one of those movies. And it's like you see them grow and all these quirky things are happening, except it's a father and a daughter in this instance, or a creator and, and, and the created. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I thought that was really cool. It. Further helped instill like um, emotional 
it, it invested me emotionally in the characters because I got to see the growth happen. And I think that's really the main strength of this episode is that it's by the time you get to the ending, the emotions are so earned that it's hard not to be affected. Um, right. And and to further... Oh, look, there's Arthur. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to further kind of, uh, as a counterpoint to the montage we were just talking about, then there's this whole like kind of moment that they spend uh, in the, with, the, with school. <laughs> yeah. The, the school portion, that was heartbreaking. And you're just like, you know, because you know LOL is just like uh, so advanced and, and definitely has the knowledge, but... Um, she couldn't relate to kids her age, and she, then she couldn't, and then she frightened the children yeah. uh, younger than her. And even though she doesn't have emotions, you can't you can't help but feel like so sorry for her. It's, and there's that. Yeah, it's 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 actually just to give you or, or listeners uh, an idea. It's actually just um, data is kind of like uh, visiting Lal at school. And he's speaking to the teacher in another room, and uh, the teacher's kind of concerned. Uh, and she mentions that Lau is more or less um, uh, academically thriving. You know, everything's fine, but she's having a hard time integrating into the social community of the classroom. And it just, the camera just pans to the classroom, and Lau is just standing still in the corner kind of stiff and all the other kids are around a table playing um and she's she's like the expression on her face is like kind of blank but if i were to map it to a human being i mean i'd kind of be like you know like terrified almost um or sad yeah like something and just, it's just a, it's a heartbreaking or confused visual. or puzzled yeah yeah and uh furthermore immediately after um uh, Lal asks uh, Data to explain to her what uh, the kids were doing when they were uh, laughing and so he explains what laughter is and Lal just assumes that the kids, if the kids were laughing then it meant that she had done something funny and then Data has to explain the difference between laughing with her and laughing at her <laughs> laughing at, yeah, and that, that's true. that was really hard to watch <laughs> Uh, and I, I think uh. yeah, I think that's kind of like when you start to see where the episode's gonna go, and I, I think it's also when the character of Lal slowly starts to change, and and she's her circuits like begin to kind of override and maybe create, or it like plants the seeds for her eventual ability to uh, process emotion and feel emotion. Did did you? Did you see the ending coming, or did you think there was going to be uh, a silver lining, or a, a, or you know, did you know that what was going to happen would happen um, that Lol would would in fact die? I had a sinking sus- suspicion <laughs> for a couple of reasons. I mean, the rational part of my brain is like, well, I know she's not a recurring character in the series. <laughs> right, um, that's true. But uh, from just from a strictly like. Um, emotional and episode only point of view um i i wasn't sure i thought maybe they would they would kind of like go halfway and and maybe kind of send her off for development somewhere i wasn't totally sure like i knew it could it 
I knew it could. You have a sorry. I, I just sorry. I knew it wouldn't be a totally happy ending, <laughs> but I was hoping it might be a little bit happier than it was. But that was for selfish reasons. Sorry. It could have gone that way. Where no, it could have gone where where data you get excited me because you're right. There's an alternate ending there which is uh data could have realized maybe he's not you know like some kind of like downer thing where he realizes maybe he's not capable of parenting and so he hands her over to yeah. starfleet Command. <laughs> but i think the writers were were uh uh were right to choose the writer uh was correct um to choose that ending to to uh kill law because in a way through data we experience one aspect of the human condition which is definitely parenting and so we get to see that from uh we get to experience like the joys of birth the struggles of development um and then the uh kind of uh you know that kind of sweet spot where your parents and and kids are friends (laughs) and then and then sadly of course instead of uh data dying of old age he loses his his daughter but that is a part of the human condition is sometimes we lose our children and so certainly uh, is i I also thought because we haven't touched on this directly quite yet um i thought uh a really great element of the episode was just data's contentions with uh taking advice from other parents um specifically the admiral who seems to uh uh, disagree strongly with Data's choice to create the android without advising Starfleet and uh, to, to help or kind of foster its development himself. Um, and, and Data has a few really good lines there about how uh, the Admiral probably wouldn't let someone take his uh, kid away from him, so why should he? And that perhaps Data is not perfectly equipped to be a parent, which obviously is the first argument that's tossed at him. Uh, But he argues that no human parent is a perfect parent uh, at the the onset of of raising a child. And I thought that was... um, That was really cool. It was cool to see Mm -hmm. um, someone like Data kind of uh, argue that he also has 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 a the right to be a parent, um, which plays into a larger theme in the episode, um, especially where um, Captain Picard is involved, which is about the rights of these sentient beings. And I thought, you know, and I don't know if you got these um, these same kind of. uh, vibes that I got but every time I kind of that debate comes up on the show part of it is obviously the debate on um, artificial intelligence and, and, and kind of where it falls on, on, on the, the spectrum of what we you know where what we consider life uh, but it also felt to me almost like kind of a civil rights discussion about like well if you're giving these beings their rights then you need to fully give them their rights not just yeah um treat them treat them differently you know um and but but acknowledge them as being you know a, a, a sentient being and i thought that was um i thought that was another really good way of uh, uh or good theme that was incorporated into the episode and and was discussed at length because there's tension brewing between Picard and the Admiral until the Admiral finally boards the ship unexpectedly, and there's kind of a confrontation, and Picard stands up, 
for Data, who's kind of being blackmailed by the Admiral, um, and 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 uh, is is being intimidated by the Admiral uh, in, in in a private meeting. So I th- I thought it was cool to see to see that and and the aspects they they explored of that kind of fight for the rights of sentient beings um, or rather uh, androids as sentient beings uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that well yeah um, I totally totally 100% agree, agree with you and it and it just begs the question also like as we as a society um, venture into we're venturing more and more into the world of uh, artificial intelligence at some point when that intelligence becomes actual intelligence right like when it becomes when it starts to respond and think for itself and it has needs and desires and wishes um, what are we going to do at that point as humans are we going to just do what we always do whenever we uh, you know encounter something uh that we don't understand and and fear it or are we going to uh transcend that fear and help that intelligence also be a life form in some way you know and and i think that's what it boils down to is some of the people in this episode don't acknowledge um, data or law as a life form and others do so I think that's what it kind of the argument boils down to and you know you know and it's kind of like a really relevant thing back then and it's even more relevant right now it's like with things like Siri and all these other you know kind uh, of AI devices AI up. devices were kind of getting used to them being (laughs) in our lives and at the moment it's like there's no moralistic or philosophical uh uh dilemma because we're convinced that there's no intelligence or sentience behind these devices that it's all programming and and things like that but at, at some point that may not um that may no longer be the case um i did like you you said in the beginning that he was going around um seeking kind of the parenting i like that scene a lot where he's with dr crusher and uh he says something to the effect of like um i can give lol attention and whatever but i can't give her love and she's like now why don't i believe that (laughs) because it's true yeah he's he's very like loving if if from what what i could tell you know in in his actions and so maybe there's love maybe love transcend maybe why love is so amazing is because it kind of transcends just an emotional thing it's more it's love is like a a thing that's kind of like all-encompassing and you feel it you don't know why you feel it or you don't know why you're how it it is that you feel it but it's something more than an emotion i definitely Agree, and I think Data is such an interesting character because every time Data is probably my favorite character, full disclosure, on the show, um, cool. which I think is a pretty popular opinion. But um, yeah, I I always feel with Data, what's so great is that he's the the character is so committed to being logical, but you always get the hint in everything that he does that right beneath that logic is is the beginning of Android emotion. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's perfectly summarized in that line from Dr. Crusher, which is just like, you 
clearly do love her, but you, you've more or less, you're, the logical part of your brain is telling you you can't do that. Right. You know? um, and so, yeah, I, I, I mean, any episode of a data that involves him questioning anything is great because it usually teeters on the... Uh, they really walk that line really nicely of him being a totally logical being and but almost being flawed to the point where he can he can experience emotion. Love that. I think it's I think it's interesting that um just when the episode is coming to a head in terms of like the conflict between Data and the Admiral um and Picard just starts to intervene at that moment is when we have the crisis of lol uh, experiencing emotions and then having to go back to her charging post or whatever you want to call it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I like I do like that the admiral puts aside his um, uh, feelings about the matter and actually goes in and helps him and helps Data and Data's like totally cool with it too. He's just like, yeah, yeah come on, you know, obviously. You know, since he doesn't feel anger or get upset either, he's like totally. Oh, hi, hi, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's obviously not um, not concerned. It's it's so funny how cats can just distract you from whatever just, you're yeah. thinking. What were we talking about? What is this Star I don't know, Wars so podcast? Cute. Look at look um, how cute you are. Anyways, yeah. um, my one of my. Uh, standout moments from the episode is afterwards when the admiral comes out and he's like describing like at first he's like adamant that data is not equipped to be a parent and doesn't feel emotion and everything like that and it's getting me a little even choked up just thinking about it and he's like describing how data's hands were moving so fast that the admiral couldn't even see it and i'm like whoa (laughs) (laughs) it's it's wild it's totally wild um yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really cool that the admiral. I, I thought they needed to have a kind of redeeming moment for the admiral, who had mostly played a clear per, um, antagonist for most of the episode. <laughs> but it was cool to have that redeeming moment, um, and that was a really, really touching ending. Um, uh, Her last words uh, are interesting too. She says, "Flirting, laughter, painting, family." female human so it's kind of a cool little uh yeah it's almost like tracing back her her existence well it's like yeah seeing your life flash before your eyes and her life was so short yeah (laughs) there's not much to it we got all 42 minutes of it uh yeah yeah, it it was it was really cool to see that what's funny about the whole storyline with the um, Admiral and, and Data too was that it was really interesting because there's like this element of it where it's it's almost like the Admiral is like um, he, he he's, he's basically like some kind of child services uh, <laughs> um, he's, he's yeah, <laughs> like, like uh, uh, employee he's, he's basically um coming to assess the situation of like this family and and deem it unfit so that they can raise the child the way they want to now you know in allegorical terms in the in, in the terms of the story it's for scientific research as well but i thought it was really interesting and this is kind of why this episode blew my mind was because it just felt like it was touching it just felt like there were so many allegories in the themes 
so where they they wanted to kind of um, bring Lyle over to a Starfleet um, to another Starfleet ship to make sure she developed properly it kind of reminded me of this um, like god awful um, system that existed in Canada where I reside for many many uh, centuries which was very controversial and, and honestly it's awful it's a terrible thing but um uh mm. basically uh in our indigenous children here would be removed from their families at a young age by the government and brought to catholic homes and raised oh, catholic man. to assimilate the population and believe it or not this was happening until the early 90s here um what? yeah it's that recent and it's and it was wow and and, and basically and it's one of the honestly, it's one of the most shameful and awful and destructive things that has ever happened in this country. Happened for a long time, and uh, many issues have have arisen from it long term. But that 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 thread of the the plot in this episode really touched me because it was so reminiscent of that kind of style of assimilating. It was basically saying it's not safe. For androids to grow up around themselves, they need to be separated. They need to be raised around. Assimilate, like he, like taught to be, basically humans. human. <laughs> and that, that was, I mean, it's, it's there, crazy. You know, there's a, no. You're absolutely right, and they and they touch on that in the episode where um, he even data even says Lol is starting to. Uh, She's no like he's teaching her not to be so much of an android. Remember when he's teaching yeah. her to blink, things like that. So even Data uh, has that. Uh, I love that. Reminds me of how when that moment kind of comes to a head. Captain Picard's line. I wrote it down, uh, which is, um, uh, "There are times, sir, when men of good conscience cannot blindly follow orders. You acknowledge there's oh." Kiddo, you okay? Oh my gosh! Uh, he's trying to. Just, ho- he was trying. Did you see that? He was trying yeah. to hop up on the. Yeah, for you every like Captain Picard. Yeah, uh, for everyone <laughs> listening at home, we just had a serious cat accident. No, uh, he's fine. Uh, he just hopped up and didn't make it. Here, let me clear a little. <laughs> I'm gonna clear a little area for him. Poor thing. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of, wow. You okay? Okay. Anyways, so he says. Um, uh, there are times, sir, when uh, men of good conscience cannot blindly follow orders. You acknowledge their sentience, but ignore their personal liberties and freedom. Order a man to turn his child over to the state, not while I'm his captain. And so that's basically kind of we. we I'm sure there are stories like this in what you told me about um, mm-hmm. Canada's history with the indig- indigenous uh, people, where people probably did have the sense to refuse these uh, awful orders but for the most part unfortunately um, as you just said it was happening and it's nice that in Star Trek uh, it so far at least Captain Picard has never allowed something horrible like that to happen to any member of his crew and you know that's why that so this is another thing it's like watching Star Trek I think there's, you know, to get on a little bit of a soapbox here, I think it's important for shows like Star Trek. It doesn't have to be Star Trek, but shows that deal with these difficult sort of uh, themes, uh, I think that they're important themes that should continue to be uh, addressed because I think if you learn this uh, as a child, when you grow into adulthood, 
the hope is that you'll you know yeah you'll be able to take these i mean it's it's silly to say this it makes human beings sound terribly dumb but if you can see something in a story (laughs) with characters that you love whether it be television or a book um or any form of media theater um if you can connect themes and archetypes from these media to what's going on in your life to help you form a moral compass or at least give you some sense of direction uh, as you first put foot out into the world, which can be a really scary place as an adult, um, I, I think it is important for, for our culture to inform political views. I mean, what would the world be without books like 1984 or mm-hmm. uh, movies, you know, just think about the, you know, I mean, there are so many great pieces of, of pop culture that reflect um, the times and, and science fiction, uh, especially, you know, uh, yeah, 1984 is obvious, but um, Lord of the Flies, which I know isn't really sci fi, but is d- does but, have, yeah, it's. Yeah, it has right. those elements of like you know it's it's about society and um, or to even to kill a mockingbird, which is a bit more on the nose, you know, um, you know, like it's important, uh, especially now more than ever, for television shows to fill that void because I think people are reading novels maybe a little less than they used to because there's so much uh, uh, streaming available. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think television shows need to, to tackle these kinds of themes. Otherwise, you know, what's the, what's the point? We need culture to help us be people. That, that leads perfectly into the other quote I wrote down, which is, We must strive to be more than we are, lol. It does not matter that we will never reach our ultimate goal. The effort yields its own reward. So we must always, I think, that's like the bottom line is like strive to be better than what you are. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I def- <clears throat> definitely, I mean, that's, it, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to watch data pass that on to Lyle. Um, right, and the other nugget, which I love, is uh, wisdom is the difference between knowledge and experience, which I thought was a nice little, there yeah. are a lot of little nuggets, yeah. there's so many nuggets it's, in the... It's really, <laughs> it's a dense episode, there's a lot going on. Um, what's cool about watching Data pass that info on to Lal is that you know Data has processed it um, through observation and is um, a little more logical about it than when he passes it to Lal. You can see Lal processing it and she's a, just a little bit less logical about it and a little more emotional about it, which is like mm-hmm. a cool evolution because they're processing the same information in two different ways and it shows the evolution right. of the android thought that was really cool it is really is your cool. cat currently I cleaning don't... itself <laughs> yes damn so this podcast he, might be rated i'm right. sure i'm sure he needs a little privacy right now what are you doing arthur you okay <laughs> I can't get up out of my seat because I'm wallet. Yeah, this is a I'm first. Attached. This is a first for Starfleet, boy. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna just do, give Arthur his privacy here. Um, I had I had a few uh, <laughs> other fun things from the episode, a little bit lighter that I picked up on. Um, uh, one, we get to see Picard in his bathrobe, and it is absolutely magnificent. <laughs> uh, there's lots of chest and, uh, and and Starfleet girl whom I watched the episode with was 
very, very impressed. She's hot and bothered. The whole thing. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that moment. We brought it up briefly earlier, but um, Riker <laughs> getting a smooch from Lal. And then oh, yeah? Data immediately referring to her as his daughter and Riker immediately having the urge to leave the room. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, let's see, do I have anything else? Well, my last note uh, for the episode was, I feel sad but uplifted. So that about sums it up for me. I like that, sad but uplifted. Yeah. Did you already share that um, that lol means uh, <laughs> that lol means beloved in Hindi I did not know that was a really cool tidbit yeah I thought that was a really cool tidbit too so th- is that the is that the nightgown that is the nightgown <laughs> however he's got it he's got he doesn't have it tied at the waist in this episode oh uh, I don't I couldn't find online the exact You're not allowed to post something that sexy online. (laughs) It's that sexy. Not even the internet. It's that sexy. I think that's that covers it for me. There's just one uh, cool thing that that like I have to state as a fan is that uh, in the beginning or in the scene where the admiral arrives, you get to see an older style. Starship yes. and uh, from the next generation uh, version, uh, which is the Excelsior class Starship, and at the time of this uh, episode's airing, it you know and actually this uh, interestingly enough is kind of like something that you know was unique to Star Trek: The Next Generation. Star Trek: The Next Generation took the um, the leap forward and went eighty years after Kirk and Spock. And so it was like everything was brand new and everything was just like unknown, uh, etc. But the cool thing is, is the films were still the original series films were still running at this time. I think around this time we have Star Trek Four, and then next season is like Star Trek Five, and then Star Trek Six also is during the run of the Next Generation. Um, so you had simultaneously the original series crew still doing their thing. And then you had the Next Generation crew doing their thing, and they were both accepted really well. Uh, not in the beginning, obviously, but you know later on. Um, and now we're kind of in this interesting situation with uh, Star Trek Discovery coming out because we're all, there's a big debate now about how it's. It seems like it's gonna just erase a lot of uh, uh, of the uh, well or the style. You know, at least visually, it looks like nothing. It doesn't look anything like Star Trek of the era that it takes place in. So they chose to they chose to go ten years before Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. But you know, obviously, so that audiences will adopt it better, the production value is by modern kind of modern style and modern standards. And so it doesn't even it doesn't even really reference from the trailer, from what I could tell, it doesn't even really reference the original series much except for the uh except for the iconic uh you know insignia and that's about as much that i could tell uh in the trailer that was very star trek i I mean honestly that era i arguably it might be more expensive at this point to make a show look retro but i would have loved to have seen that um well i think 
I think that, like, you know, you can't make everyone happy all of the time. I know that. But I think you would have made a lot of people more happy had you just set this show another 80 years in the future. I mean, it, yeah. the show looks, like, from what I saw in the trailer, had they said, oh, this is, like, 50 years after Star Trek The Next Generation, I would have been like, that looks like that's true. Like, yeah. it totally looks plausible. So that's my only beef with it. I'm cautiously optimistic and, you know, waiting to see when it finally airs. Like, is the story going to be good? I'm very intrigued by the characters. All the actors associated with it are pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm still yeah, still I, holding out a little hope, but not, <laughs> not impressed at this like point. It looks like a really, really okay Space Channel show, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and, and that's, look... I've watched a lot of Space Channel. Um, I was just hoping for more. I'm I'm ready to watch a show that's gonna be a little more next generation and a little less the Star Trek movies. And I get the feeling this series is going to be more like the Star Trek movies. It looks like they are going to be more concerned with action. Now I understand that there's a line in the trailer that explicitly says our job is it's something along the lines of our job is not to fire right away like is to withhold fire well, as long Star, as possible Star, Starfleet never fires first that's the whole right it just that's the whole thing it just yeah. feels like in previous episodes or in previous uh, in um, series it's like we don't fire first most episodes we don't fire at all America Wink, right. you know but then right. uh it just feels like this episode's uh this show is going to be like every episode will be like we don't fire first one missile is launched and then it's like okay <laughs> now let's let's do it the producers said let's so. have a, a war yeah yeah um i yeah i look fingers crossed hopefully it's great uh hopefully that cheesy cgi uh is just a bad side effect of a great show but um Knowing what I do about it and about its production thus far, I'm a bit concerned. Uh, luckily for <laughs> you, me, uh, you, sorry, go ahead. Uh huh. Well, I was yeah. Gonna luckily say, for you, get it on Netflix. No, Canada is the oh. only country in the world which is not getting it on Netflix. Oh shit! Uh, and we're getting and the like trade off to that is we're getting every other Star Trek series on Netflix. Um, But I feel like every other country already has that, so I'm not sure. (laughs) We do. We definitely do. (laughs) I I don't know why that is supposed to make me feel better. I will definitely watch it uh, when it comes out. How are you going to get to, how are you going to have to, how will you watch it in Canada? Just out of curiosity. Uh, Through means I can't disclose on a public Ah, public forum. (laughs) Of course, I'll buy it on iTunes. I'm going to get a season pass. Yeah. That's probably what I'll end up doing, actually. So I'll just, uh, you can be, we can get, uh, like, declare our brothership. <laughs> and you can be on my friends and family That's right. account. There you go. So there you go. <laughs> uh, but I will find a way to watch it. I definitely want to, to check it out and give it a chance. I, lo- I like the fact that they, they have a female captain. I mean, it might be kind of corny of me to say that. But I think it's cool. I think it's a, a, a good decision. The cast does seem suited to the task of leading a show like Star Trek. It's just a question of having the right writing and, and, and the right production. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. 
the most intriguing thing about the show so far to me is in fact uh this promising looking cast i mean jason isaacs michelle yo you know yeah. those are the headliners and they're not even supposed to be the main characters so yeah yeah i definitely think if anything can save that show it's the cast i mean uh, yeah. that is what i'm excited about i was really excited about the showrunner at one point when brian fuller was still attached to it Right. I think he's backed off, but I'm sure his prints are maybe somewhere still on that first season. Um, Indeed. Hopefully. I mean, I was a big fan of his Hannibal series, so who knows. And it looks like this uh, American Gods is off to a promising start. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can uh, bite a little bit of that and uh, get a good first season <laughs> with, with this well, show. To bring it back to Star Trek, to bring it back full uh, full circle, <laughs> uh, I guess it's time for us to, unless you have anything else to say about the episode, I guess it's time for us to uh, give it our rating. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. All right, go for it. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm going to give this episode a 9.5 out of 10. Wow, very high very rating. High. That's excellent. <laughs> That's it. It's high. I'm also I'm banking partly on I may never get to uh, review another episode this good. Like even, oh, <laughs> like, wow. you know what I'll I mean? try to make sure you do. Uh, I'll try to make no, sure. No, I do. mean you know I'm not, I'm not. You give me great episodes every time, <laughs> but uh, but I really do think this is a standout. Uh, I mean, just look at everything we talked about. Like it's such a dense episode. There's so much rewatch, um, replay value. Uh, in terms of things you can little details you can pay attention to that that might kind of fly under the radar the first time you watch because the main story is so enticing it it really moved me um, and that's it you know it's you know the show has done something right when a, a, um, a an episode about supposedly emotionless androids can nearly move you to tears um, it was really touching uh, and and it, it 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 kind of weaved in so many interesting themes, uh, and used all of the characters that it used to the fullest of their potential. And for me, that's what makes a great episode of this show. So, yeah, it's not perfect. You know, there are of course a f- few minor things you know we could fix, but overall, it was great. It took risks. Um, Jonathan Frakes first episode he directed and I think it really stands out uh, there's a lot there's many a reason to love this episode how do you feel I uh, feel the same as you do and uh, having rewatched it many times it, it does uh, hold it does hold its uh, value even over the years and even uh, and watching it again as you know an older person now uh it even still i was able to like relate to it on whole new levels that i never related to it um on before so um i'm gonna give the rating uh very close to yours i'm gonna go ahead and give this a full 10 just (laughs) because just because i can that's great that's great so yeah i'm really encouraged to know that you and uh saima enjoyed this episode uh because i kind of uh you know i kind of i do try to select uh episodes that i think you guys would enjoy and so far i think i've been uh i've been doing a, a good job here do you think uh 
Do you think you'll ever go back and watch the series from the start? Do you, is is there any interest in that? I mean, I know it's a lot to tackle. It's seven seasons and it's twenty three episodes a season. But do you do you think that uh, that that's something that you'll ever do? Uh, it's something I've I tried to do in the past um, and have haven't had the time to do. It's still something I want to do. It is definitely something I want to do. It's a question of when. At this point, it feels like mm-hmm. I, it's one of those things I'll be doing when I'm, like, in my 60s. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, unless, unless I uh, come to Canada somehow, uh, in case, you know, in case we have to flee our country course, here yeah. in the United States because of some horrible situation. <laughs> I mean, let's hope not. Let's hope. If Star Trek has tossed no, us and taught us anything, it's that there's no situation beyond saving. Um, That's true. Good. Good. It's yeah. true. <laughs> uh, but I definitely uh, do want to do that. My one thing is I've watched the first season, and the first few episodes are a bit clunky, so I might skip through a couple of them. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely do. Unfortunately, I have a huge watch list right now. Um, yeah, but... There's, I mean, there's so many. If I if I had all the time in the world, I would definitely get that done right away. Well, I'll see what I could do about ramping up your quota. <laughs> yeah. Um, get you in a few more of these episodes. Yeah. But um, you know what? Every with, every episode with Starfleet Lady also. Oh, definitely. She gets she sends her regrets. Uh, she she was very sad. She had to miss today's podcast. That's all I have to say about well, that. That's good. <laughs> We're sad too, but hey, you know sometimes we'll just call this our our uh, version of a mandate or a bro date. Really, here. really, like, is. this like, is as close <laughs> as it gets. We're just airing it out in public for everyone, so we can feel a little less bad about it. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. It's hey. It it was nice. It was was it good for you? Yeah, it was really. <laughs> It's it's always great hanging out with you, Jay. Likewise, likewise. (laughs) So I guess uh, we'll wrap it up. I am so happy you joined uh, on this episode. It was really wonderful to have you. I loved everything uh, you had to say about it, and um, I look forward to our next time. So live long and prosper, Jamie. Live long and prosper. Uh, Please send my regards to Michael Mann. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure uh, I'm sure well hopefully he'll be listening and he hears this but uh, otherwise uh, by the way a little a quick little plug before we go of course you can write to us and tell us what you think you can either comment below if you're watching the YouTube feed or you could write to starfleetboy at gmail.com Jamie is at brain doo-doo at brain doo-doo <laughs> on, on Twitter, on Twitter. it's spelled spelled how you might imagine and uh also uh we uh had a very fun uh episode recently on drunk space nine that uh was uh was about uh was with the uh twin peaks uh podcast uh called there will be drinking twin peaks so that that's something that i want to say go over and check out if you like the drunk space nine (laughs) that sounds do you listen to do do you listen to drunk space i listen here and there i eavesdrop Are you going to watch the new Twin Peaks, which airs tonight, by the way? Guess what? Twin Peaks is another show that I need to watch. It's on my watch Ah. list. So I will not be tuning in immediately, but I bumped it up in terms of priority just because I like to be part of the conversation. 
Uh, well, yeah, I think it's a good conversation to be a part of. It's like a pretty, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a cool thing. Yeah, 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 it's great. I've seen a few episodes. i got to get through it all, uh, which probably won't happen until these new batch, like this new batch of episodes is done. But one can hope, so we'll see. All right. Well, again, nice talking to you. I hear bar- dogs barking outside. My cat's pretty chill, though. You just so live cool. in a petting zoo now. I know, it's something weird. Anyways, see you next time. See you next time. Oh.